You're listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To learn more about the Collective Church in Portland, Oregon, and Vancouver, Washington, visit us online at thecollectivechurch.com. Hey, open your Bibles with me um, to 2 Kings chapter 6, and then we're going to... Shahela, happy birthday yesterday. Love you. So appreciate you and just your heart to serve and to play and to just be awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks, worship team, for taking us on a journey of faith this morning, faith building. It was awesome. So awesome. The presence of the Lord was, was just so very real this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Happy Halloween, everyone. Hallelujah, ween. <laughs> Trunk or treat. Um, okay, so. No, I, I, I want to give a little bit of a pastoral. I, I want to give a little bit of a pastoral perspective. Um, and this morning, there's a... We, we, just, we just got to hear, don't, don't get offended, don't leave yet. Um, just just let, me, let me explain. We, we just got done hearing um, <clears throat> Cindy McGill speak in Colorado, er, in, yeah, in uh, Estes Park, and um, she, she's incredible. She's incredible. And as I was listening to her speak, there's such an anointing on her life and such wisdom in how the, the church interfaces with the world. And I was just getting... Uh, just downloaded and being reminded of some things and reminded of some scriptures and reminded of some stories um, in scripture that we're going to read in second Kings. But you know, when we approach things like, when we approach things like this or or topics like this, um, you know, this, this week I've uh, social media, I've, I've, I've read, you know, that if, if Christians do, then this, if they don't, if they, very opinionated pieces um, of condemnation, of judgment, of, you know, all, I mean, all over the boards. You know, and, I, and I look from the world's perspective and just think, what in the schizophrenic, bipolar church world is going on here? And, um, and I, I want to read two verses because we talk about a lot about spirit-led living and what that looks like. And in... Um, uh, go, go with me to actually hold your place in Second Kings. I'm going to read Romans first. Um, Romans chapter 14 says this. Um, verse 20. Then I'm, I'm going to give you some pastoral perspective. And I'm going to ask, and then you can ask the Holy Spirit what you're supposed to do. Okay? Uh, don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. So, so Paul's talking about food and drink here. Remember, all foods are acceptable, but it is wrong to eat something if it makes another person stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another believer to, to stumble. So basically, Paul's talking about the law of love. When you're around other people who have strong convictions, that the law of love trumps the, the law of freedom. So that our freedom isn't to, isn't to lead other people into bondage. Someone said amen. And that's, that's because we have the fruit of the Spirit, which is self-control. Okay? Well, that's one of the fruits of the Spirit. 
Um, and so it says, you may believe there's nothing wrong with what you're doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Keep it between yourself and God. Keep it between yourself and God. Someone said, amen. How good is that? That, that right there, let's pray and go home. Okay. I just thought that was really good. Because it's like, it's like we, we take that and we go, okay, I have a conviction now. Everybody else must wear what I'm wearing. And believe what I'm believing about this. And actually get some, everyone else needs to crawl into my story that God's cultivating in me and be a part of my story. And, and it's like, that's, that's not how it works. So it says this. The next verse says, blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something that they have decided is right. Not against scripture. We're not talking about things that are against scripture. Okay, because when it comes to, when it comes to, um, you know, we're, we're, we have unity on the essentials, right? There's, un, like, we believe in, in the essentials of, of the gospel, but we're, on the non-essentials, there's liberty, this is really exciting. This should free you up. So, so blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. But if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are, okay, catch this. We can apply this to so many areas of our life, church. But if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it. So we have people in our church who have strong convictions from the Holy Spirit because of their past lifestyle and what something had done to them. There is a substance or an activity that had imprisoned them, and it was what the Bible calls debauchery. Debauchery means that something has the steering wheel of your life. And it's controlling you. You no longer are controlling it, it's controlling you. So now they have decided, well, because of that, if I, I don't have liberty in this area. There's actually doubt. There's doubt in my spirit because of my connection with Holy Spirit. So if I go ahead with this, it's actually sin for me. It is sin for me to act because the Bible says whatever is done that is not in faith is sin. That's good. You're sinning if you go ahead and do it. But for you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. And then we turn over to James chapter four. You got like three fingers in your Bible now holding all these places. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Um, look, it says verse 13. Look, look here. You who say, today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? <laughs> your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. So basically, we're, 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 we're making plans, but we're, with, we're holding it with an open hand, allowing God to come in and do whatever he wants to do. Somebody say amen. If the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you're boasting about your own plans, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Okay? 
So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, and, and a lot of times, it, well, there are sometimes I don't like to give ex- examples because I think sometimes when we give personal examples, we, we give either a license or, or, or we make it illegal to do things. And you, you know my heart that that is the furthest thing from what I want to do. Heather gathers costumes all year long. <laughs> we have, she has a gigantic box under the bed with just this full of kids' costumes. And all of our Christian friends send their kids to our house on Halloween. We do not celebrate Halloween, celebrate the spirit of Halloween, but we dress our kids up and we take them out. I could, I did not, as a small child, I could not dress up as a kid for Halloween because Dr. Dobson said it was evil. And Dr. Dobson was our, our, you know, he was our plumb line. How many kids grew up with Dr. Dobson speaking into our lives? Yeah, Smurfs were evil because it meant little devils and all the things, right? Couldn't watch the Smurfs. And um, I'm picking some scabs right now. <laughs> um, but I tell you what, for, for us, and you know, it's not gross costumes, but we enjoy having kids to our house. And guess what we love? We love controlling the atmosphere. We love that the kids are at our house and they're with Heather and I, and we walk around our neighborhood and guess what we do? We get to know our neighbors. We've literally gone on walks with, uh, with new people. We've walked through our neighborhoods and we have gotten to know our neighbors. And it's like, oh, hey, we met. Remember we met at the, yeah, that, yeah, we met that, that. For Heather and I, so before, before, Here's what, here's what I'm trying to say. And I'm using Halloween as, as the example. Has the, has the devil hijacked it? And, and is it probably create? Yes. We're not celebrating that. Understand. But we're, we're also being wise, her and I. If you have a strong conviction against Halloween and not dressing your kids up, don't do it. Because if you did, it would be sin. We, we don't have that conviction. Our conviction is that we want to control the environment and atmosphere and make our home uh, a safe s- spot for Halloween. So kids can come over and we can influence kids. So our house is packed with kids and Miss Heather has all the costumes for all the Christian kids whose parents didn't get them costumes for Halloween. <laughs> And some of your kids, that you've been to our house and you saw the pictures, you're like, I don't remember buying that. It's because Miss Heather did. <laughs> so, also, if that's your conviction, please let it be that strong when it comes to pictures with Santa. So, um, anyways, I'll stop. <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs> but that's why, that's why we, have to, we have to have these family discussions. Because otherwise we end up biting and devouring each other, was what Galatians 5 says. That people start de- biting and devouring one another over personal conviction. And one of the, I think one of the, the biggest things religion does is it says it takes away personal conviction. Now, can I just tell you this? I am open to the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And if he said, hey, this year, I don't want you to do that, we would say, we would, again, because we make plans, but we have the open hand. And we say, okay, then God, then you have a reason for this. Okay, so it's not like, I'm not teaching a doctrine or a theology. I'm saying that we are, like when it comes to school, um, now Heather has a school, the Heather Rose Academy for Higher Learnedness, (laughs) kids who want to read better, and... And, but before, by year to year, and, and you know what? Next year, we'll pray about it. 
said, Lord, what do you have for us this year? Okay, here's where I want to go with this. We have turned into this knee-jerk reaction as Christians, and everything's like, whoa, this, whoa, whoa, whoa. And the, you know what? The enemy is gaslighting us. And CNN and Fox News are gaslighting us. And they're saying, look over here and take all of your attention and put it on here. And we just, we're reacting, we're reacting. And everything is like, oh, we're under attack, we're under attack. And, we're, and listen, we are under attack, but I think that it is, it is a, a different attack than what we're actually seeing. What's actually like big in this like big, what seems obvious right now. Because we're so like, we're knee jerk and we're posting and we're, we're focused on this. And, and, and it's like... In my spirit, I'm like, we are, we are reacting in the flesh. We're just like reacting to things. We're reacting to things. And what I believe the Lord is asking us to do right now, church, is I believe he's asking us to slow down. He's asking us to get in our prayer closet, to get alone with the Lord, and to hunker down in our spirit. And, and, and to stop reacting out of the flesh, hunker down in our spirit, and say, Lord, what are you doing right now? Lord, what are you saying right now? What are you saying to my family right now? What are you saying to the collective church right now? What are you saying to Portland Metro right now? Lord, what are you saying? Lord, what are you doing in Portland Metro right now? What, what Matt didn't tell you is they've been asking the Lord, Lord, what are you doing in Portland Metro right now? And actually they're, they're gonna be, they're starting something in the Portland Metro for young people, not just through the collective church, but for like, because they see a need and they see a need downtown. And so God, they, because they pray, they hunker down in their spirit because we all know it does not take a rocket scientist or somebody who is spiritually in tune to go, something's wrong. <laughs> something's a little off. I don't think this is kingdom on earth. I don't think this is heaven on earth right now. It doesn't take, but what it does, instead of just talking about it, and I'm actually sick of talking about it. Yeah. I'm actually getting tired of having these, uh, these controlling my conversations. And, I'm, and, and I was so convicted by the Holy Spirit two nights ago to hunker down in my spirit and not just react out of my flesh and not just react out of a, I, I'm frustrated with the homeless problem. I am frustrated with our government. I, I am knee-jerk reaction with our governor sometimes. I am knee-jerk reaction with mandates. I am... And, and what I have not done in some of these circumstances as I've not hunkered down in my spirit and said, God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want my response to be? Because I don't want to just be another, another loud voice that just is crying that there's a problem, there's a problem, there's a problem when we all know it. What does that do? Number one, it, this pushes, pushes ungodly away. Is, I, I think that knee-jerk reaction is just repulsive because it's done out of our, it's done out of our flesh. It's, it's a fleshly response. Here, here's what I believe and I see. And I, where, is Paul Cantrell here? Next service, he'll definitely be. He doesn't miss church. He'll definitely be here next service. He would never miss church. Um, <laughs> But like God has Paul, because Paul has said this. Paul said, God, where do you want to use me? Where do you want to use me? He hunkered down in his spirit. And Paul said, God, what? Because Paul was feeling the same thing we're all feeling. Like we're, you're not, we're not unique in our feelings right now. God's like, what, Paul said, what do you, God, what do you want me, what do you want me to do? 
And God, and God is using Paul in this, in this free organ thing. There's a free organ organization. I'm not, I'm not endorsing it or not endorsing it because, you know, I don't know. But God is using Paul as the chaplain. And he's gotten into this fight with the teachers unions, the, fire, the firefighter unions, and with uh, the nurses unions. And they're having him pray at their events. No, kid you not. There was like a rally. And literally, there was an altar call. And they, they basically people came down because they said, Paul, what's going on? And Paul ended up praying for people that are frustrated, that think there's no answer, that like we're going to hell in a handbasket. And, and Paul was able to speak life over them and to pray for them. And I've actually been out with him and seen it. Like he is like the chaplain of this group. But what? Am I saying now let's all become a part of free organ and let's all rally? If that is not what God has asked you to do in the secret place in your spirit, don't do it. Because that might not be the place. And it actually might be Saul's armor that's really awkward. Because maybe you don't even have the personality to pull it off. And then it's super awkward and it turns everybody away. But if I'm just telling you, there are people right now that have an anointing to go into politics. But if you don't, stay out. Because it reflects poorly on all of us. Can I just be really honest? Because I'm going to be. And Because I, I love you. Come on. But if that's the lane God's asked you to run, when you, when you literally have said and fasted and prayed and said, God, what do you have for me? What are you doing? And you're conversing with the Holy Spirit and you're saying, God, I need a game plan for my family. God, I need a game plan right now. Because I believe that you are the way maker. You're the miracle worker. You're the promise keeper. I'm leaning back into the loving arms of a beautiful father who is going to guide me and to lead me. So if that's the lane you're called to be in, run and go for it. And guess what? Your family at the collective church will support you. We got your back. Amen? If, if it is to, if, if your lane is school, get in the school. Get in the, uh, uh, we have another lady that goes to the, the 11 o'clock service who is highly involved in, in the schools, in the school districts and goes to school board meetings. And she is like an influencer and she has people over to her house on Sundays. She gathers groups of people and there's an anointing. She has an anointing to do what she does. Because why? Because she got blueprints from the Holy Spirit to do what she does. Amen? Amen. And so, so my, my, my pastoral, I just, I like stay out of fleshly knee-jerk reactions. And, 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 and actually, if you're not supposed to be in that, shut it off to the degree in which you can. Just shut it off to the degree in which you can. If, it's, if you're called to the church, run in your lane. Do what God's calling you to do. Amen. Okay, we're going to read 2 Kings. And this goes, this goes right along with what we're saying. It says this, uh, verse 8, When the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, We will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But immediately Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel. By the way, this is one of the most hilarious passages of Scripture, by the way. Do not go near that place, for the Arameans are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. 
Time and time again, Elisha warned the king so that he would be on alert there. The king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, which of you is the traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It's not us, my lord, the king. One of the officers replied, Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel, even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. Wow. Go and find out where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the king and the report came back, Elisha is at Dothan. So one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you just illuminate this to us right now in Jesus' name. Illuminate your word. Right now in Jesus' name. Catch this. When the servant of, of the man of God got up early the next morning, he went outside, grabbed his coffee, did a big yawn, looked up. There were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. And we'll say everywhere. Okay. Society right now, wherever we look, there is craziness happening everywhere. When you get up in the morning and you have your coffee and you, you look around the landscape, and where is it? Everywhere. Everywhere. School, churches, government, work, sports, everywhere we look. So the servant of God, he goes out and he looks, he goes, oh my God, everywhere. There's troops, we're surrounded everywhere. They are everywhere around Dothan. And then, and then he says this, oh, sir, what will we do now? What will we do now for our kids in school? What will we do now for travel? What will we do now with the mandates? What will we do now with the, the sexual and the gender terrorism that's happening towards our children in school? What, what, what will we happen if, if, our money, if our money collapses, if the dollar collapses, if the economy collapses? Oh God, I, I'm 42, I don't know what a Bitcoin is. Like, where do I get those? Like, I need to, I need to learn more about that. Where, what store do I buy those? Is it a bit of a coin? I don't know what it is. Ethereum, is that a gas? I don't know what that is. I have no clue. What will we do now? We ju- man, we just had a baby. We just, brought, we just brought a baby into this world. What are we thinking? We just, like, what are we going to do? We have kids. We have, what, what are we going to do now? And that's, I just feel like that's, that, as I read this this morning, I was like, that's the cry of what people are saying right now. What do we do now? We're surrounded. It's everywhere. Crazy is everywhere. It's not letting up. It's not letting up. I'm telling you, there is sexual and gender terrorism. I'm calling it terrorism. You can quote me on that. There is terrorism against our children right now. The books and the the pictures that they are being exposed to is gender terrorism, sexual terrorism. And it's trying to intimidate, like, what do we do? I I feel like we're, we're, we're Elisha's servant that just walked out and goes, it's everywhere. What do we do? So I think we see a pattern here. Elisha says this. He says, don't be afraid. He says, don't be afraid. Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Come on. Like, there are more on our side than are on theirs. 
So first he gives them some heavenly perspective. Number one, a faith statement, a faith alignment, a faith recalibration, a redirect of thought, a casting down of every imagination and high thing that exalts itself against the name of God. There was a redirect. There was, there was a focus on Jesus. He walked out and said, what, everywhere, what are we going to do? And Elisha said, he said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. First thing he went after was fear. Don't be afraid. Church, don't be afraid. I'm just telling you, do not let fear control you. That's called debauchery. That's actually the biblical word debauchery out of Ephesians chapter 3. Three or five or six. It's it's in Ephesians. Um, And 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 debauchery is giving yourself over or control to something. It's it's the same concept as drunkenness, by the way. Because when I... When I'm drunk, I give myself over and decision-making over to a substance. The same is with fear. I give myself over to fear, and now fear has the steering wheel. And fear now controls my life. Elisha says, do not be afraid. So he gives, him, he gives him alignment, recalibration, redirection of thought. And then check this out. For there are more on our side than on ours. Then Elisha prayed. He hunkered down in his spirit. He prayed. He said, oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. Let him see. He's like, wait, was he blind? No, he could see. He said, open his eyes to let him spiritually see. When we hunker in our spirit, that's what we're saying. We're saying, let the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. Ephesians chapter one, the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. So we're, we're hunkering down in our spirit, not reacting out of our flesh. And we're saying, God, help me to see. Help me to see what you see. Because any joker right now can see. But I want to see. I want to see. I want it to be opened. I want my perspective to be open. It says this. The Lord opened the young man's eyes. Because why? Because he asked. When we ask and we knock, he opens. God honors. I believe God will, is honoring a generation of people that will go to their spirit, that will go to their prayer closet first and not go to their keyboard first. Not that keyboard. Typing. Typing. The Lord opened the young man's eyes and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was... filled with horses and chariots of fire. So he saw in his spirit, he looked up. As the Aramean army advanced towards him, Elijah prayed, oh Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord gave him a a prayer strategy. So he prayed, eyes were open, and then he gave him a prayer strategy. He prayed for blindness for the enemy. Because a normal strategy would just been to kill him. Right? That'd be knee jerk. Kill him or run or and they said, no, no, no. Lord, Lord, make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness, as Elijah had asked. So, so your prayer strategy, I I have felt there's sometimes to pray things like. Lord, let them overplay their hand. Let them overplay their hand. Let it backfire so bad. Let them overplay their hand. By the way, all that's happening theologically, this is not God's wrath or judgment. 
just so just so we're clear of that, the wrath of God was fulfilled in the in the body of Jesus Christ on the cross. His wrath was satisfied in the body of Jesus. So this is not the wrath of God, judgment of God. This is the wrath of sin. This is this is the Adamic nature. This is the fr- fruit of the flesh. This is this is the Bible said when righteousness doesn't when righteousness fails to rule, this is what happens. This is just the Adamic nature. This is just the, the, the king that we're not in heaven yet. Does that make sense? Like, oh, God's judging. Uh, yeah. We're, we've actually walked out from the umbrella of his covering and blessing. And now we're out into an atmosphere. There's an atmosphere where we're now, in it. there's a sin nature that's happening. Does that make sense? So it says this, then Elisha went out and told them. So again, gives them a prayer strategy. You have come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. And they're all blind. Can you just imagine all of them, thousands and thousands of, of soldiers and warriors, and they're blind. He's like, oh, by the way, this is the wrong city. Um, you, wanted to, you, you should have taken the next exit. That's the city. Uh, he goes, follow me, and I'll take you to the man you were looking for. And so they, they, and he led them to the city of Samaria. As soon as they had entered Samaria, Elisha prayed, oh Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they discovered they were in the middle of Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he shouted to Elijah, my father, should I kill them? Knee jerk. Should I kill them? He actually asked twice. Notice that, he asked twice. Of course not, Elijah replied. Do we kill prisoners of war, give them food and drink and send them home again to their master? So the king made a great feast for them, then sent them home to their master. After that, the Aramean raiders stayed away from the land of Israel. Okay, let's stand this morning. Okay, strategy, strategy, strategy. Here's our strategy. When we find, when we see things happening everywhere and we say, what will we do now? Here's what we're going to remind ourselves of. Do not be afraid. And church, I, I declare to you this morning, do not be afraid. For those who have lost their jobs, like, like Jenny prayed for, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. For there are more that are for us than more than against us. There are more on our side that are on their side. If we were, if the Lord was to rend the, the veil of, 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 of eternity right now, of the spirit realm and the physical realm right now, we would look around and we would see this, we would see a host, a heavenly host of angels. A heavenly host of angels. So I want you to imagine right that right now is there are more on our side than are on theirs. We are not outnumbered, church. You realize that the gospel has, has uh, th- th- there's been an antichrist spirit since before Jesus was born that has been trying to take this message out and it has not worked. It has failed every time because the kingdom of heaven will continue to advance. There will never be an end to his, his reign, to the peace of, to the reign of his kingdom. It hasn't worked and it won't work now. You know that song, um, this is how I fight my battles. When I'm surrounded, 
I'm surrounded by you. That, that's from here. I'm surrounded, but wait, I'm surrounded by you. So Father, we thank you this morning, right now in Jesus' name. I thank you for Holy Spirit prayer strategies. I pray for every family that is represented in this room right now. Come on, let's raise our hands. I pray for every family that's represented in this room, every, um, every business represented in this room right now in Jesus' name. And Father, I repent, I repent for knee-jerk reactions. I, I repent for being led by frustration. I, I repent for um, reacting in my, in my flesh and my own feelings and not taking time to hunker down in my spirit and say, God, what are you saying to me? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to the Rose family? What are you saying to the collective church? What are you saying to our house church? What are you saying to, to uh, Tualatin? What are you saying to Tiger? What are you saying to Portland Metro? What are you saying to the state of Oregon? God, what are you wanting us to do in the United States of America? Lord, what's my response? Let's, Lord, Lord, I, I know that my, what my friend Matt's both my mats, my Matt Hammond, my Matt Markley. I, I, I know what you're calling them to do, but Lord, what are you calling me to do? What are you calling me to do? And then what are you calling us to do together? And Lord, I wanna, I wanna follow that prayer strategy. So right now, would everyone say this? Would everyone say, Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Open my eyes to see. You're surrounding me. This is not a fair fight, friends. This is not a fair fight. That video on uh, that picture on Facebook that your that your great aunt shares with with Jesus and the devil in a boxing ring and says like if you want Jesus to win. That's really inaccurate, by the way. <laughs> He's been defeated. We love your great aunt so much. Just need to have a talk with her. Give us a prayer strategy for her, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I, we just thank you. You're opening our eyes right now. You're opening our eyes right now. Right now to see. To see. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would blind the eyes of our enemy right now. Blind the eyes of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name, I pray. And I, I thank you that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in today. Today. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for, for that you're actually giving us the grace right now. You're empowering us right now. And we're going to respond in faith. We're going to respond in faith. And we're going to see your power released in all of these areas. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hey, here's what I'm going to ask you right now. Just, just as a practice and a practical. Ask. They're just going to keep playing. Ask the Holy Spirit right now. What are you saying to me right now in this season? Just ask right now.
What's the grace of God in my life right now in this season? Holy Spirit, what are you saying? What do you want me to do? Who do you want me to reach? What's your strategy for my family? listening to the Collective Church podcast. To find out more, visit thecollectivechurch.com.